Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Each week we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. Hello, hello. And a man who has never taken a vacation day, Mr. Bob Leahy. <laughs> hey, how's it going? That hits a little close to home because I took two vacation days last year. <laughs> they were probably to work on Roundhouse Roulette editing. Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us as we revisit Chuck Norris's 1990s documentary on Zydeco music. Today, we'll recap and review Season 3, Episode 7, The Road to Black Bayou. And this is Part 1, where Walker is forced into taking vacation time and goes on a fishing trip to Louisiana with Trevet and CD. But before we refill our tackle boxes grab our spin reels, and put on an extra flannel shirt over our sweatshirts. Join us as we pull up a stool at CD's Bar and Grill. Fancy meeting you two blokes here. Oh, yeah. Who dat? Who dat, boy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, being as uh, this podcast is dropping on the week of Bob's birthday, well, CD has curated a special bevy in keeping with Bob's doubly-bubbly dry-hopped values. This week, he brings us the Double Scatterbrain American Imperial IPA. That's a lot of words to describe a beer. This is from Bearded Iris Brewing in Nashville, Tennessee. You ready for this? Oh, hit me. (laughs) (laughs) According to the menu, Bearded Iris amps up their popular Double Scatterbrain IPA with Simcoe and Citra. Double the piney passion fruit goodness you know and love, plus double the dry hop citra magic you crave for a pint that's sure to make your brains feel like Waffle House hash browns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Extra greasy and smelling of secondhand smoke. All right, let's get (laughs) Yeah, generally you go to Waffle House to, uh, you know, soak up the suds. So, I don't know. (laughs) Well, uh, I feel like I've already had some, but uh, maybe we should give this a try. Yeah. Is this up to your core values, Bob? I guess we'll see. I mean, based on the verbiage used in the uh, description and the label, yes. Okay. Okay. This is uh, aromatic for sure. Oh, wow. I kind of smell some fruit here. It's pretty good. Well, I don't know what any of the words describing it are, but I would call it good. Yeah, I would agree. It's good. This is solid. Well, Bob, uh, yeah, as this podcast is going to drop on your birthday, Evan and I were trying to figure out something we could get you, you know, being that we're on quarantine. And, um, you know, we reached out to one of our friends. Hi, Bob. Cherie J. Wilson here. No way. I think you know me from... That little show called Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) Your buddies, Evan and Adam, told me that you have been keeping some very late nights editing Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. (laughs) Now you have my attention. What are you three wily guys up to? It sounds intriguing. Can't wait to hear more. Anyway, I also am told that you have a birthday on the 20th of April. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bob. Happy birthday to you. And many more. (laughs) Oh, you guys sound very clever. I can't wait to see what you're up to. I want to see all this fine editing you've been doing. But mostly, I wish you the most glorious birthday and uh, can't wait to tune in to the podcast. Bye. I think she turned on the uh, Alex charm on that. Oh, totally, yeah. 100%. Or maybe... (laughs) Maybe it's not an Alex thing at all. I don't know, but she did an excellent job on that. Well, thanks, guys. It's uh, very touching. Happy birthday, Bob. And thank you for all the hard work you've been doing here at Roundhouse Roulette. It's a labor of love. you know. Thanks so much, Cherie. It means the world to me and the podcast. We're going to keep on delivering the light of Walker, Texas Ranger, to the world. <laughs> Most definitely. This is a highlight for the podcast, for sure. Oh, 
Oh, most definitely. Yeah, that's one way to kick off my birthday episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should just stop the podcast here. We don't even need to go any further. Okay. See you, you guys. You want to wrap it? All right. Call it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get better than that. No, probably can't. <laughs> no. Well, we'd like to thank everyone who bought a Roundhouse Roulette t-shirt throughout the month of March in support of the Texas recovery efforts. As we mentioned, it may be more symbolic than effective, but we did sell four. That's <laughs> that's four of our black Roundhouse Roulette t-shirts at $23 a shirt. We rounded that up to $100 and donated it to the American Red Cross for Texas Relief. Shout out to the talented slackers and our main man, Chad Goslin for pitching in to help out. Yeah, our buddy Chad's in a great band, The Big Lonesome. Check him out wherever you listen to awesome music. Their new record is Payphones and Ashtrays. It is great. Check it out. And also, Chad's a Walker fan. He's one of the initiated. Oh, most definitely. He knows the true meaning of white buffalo. Let's just leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, even today, Texas is recovering from their unprecedented deep freeze. And it really does mean a lot to us that you guys helped us do a little good with this podcast here. So thank you so much. Um, I took a picture of the check because I know even though we're a small podcast here, there's going to be someone out there who's going to be like, dude, you didn't even donate that money. We, we got to document this stuff yeah. here and show that it actually happened. And when I went to the post office today, I even got one of the post office employees to hold up a Chuck Norris action figure and the check. Shout out to the downtown Broadway, Nashville, Tennessee post office. They're awesome. Yeah, clearly. Anyway, as proof that we actually gave this money out, we'll post this up on the socials. Um, and we know that won't even be enough for some people. So if you're curious, I'll even send my bank statements. That's how far we're willing to go here to make sure we got that $100 to Texas. With full routing and account numbers. Put your social in there too, yeah. yeah. Oh, most definitely. This is the Roundhouse Roulette name. I'm not going to soil that. Right, of course not. No way. No. Anyway, shout out to the Nashville, Tennessee Broadway Post Office for helping us out and getting Chuck's cash where it needs to go in Texas and uh, everyone who helped out. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to note was the awesome post office worker who took a selfie with Chuck Norris, held Chuck Norris and our donation to the Red Cross. She was like, we need shows like this now where the good guys always win. <laughs> and it's fun, but it it's a little corny. She knows what's up. Yeah. So she's watched multiple episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Apparently and so. Them. Yeah. Bring her on the show. <laughs> I think we need to. I would like to ask her some questions about the post office, but that's probably not good listening. Yeah. We'll start a new podcast about the yeah. post office. It's called P.O. Box Podcast. <laughs> oh, I like it. Can we, call it. can we call it Parcel Post? Ooh. Oh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we can jump to the socials here. Evan, you got in a little hot water on Twitter this week. That's all I got to say. Good thing I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> I posted up Adam's Walkerstration from the episode Final Justice, which has an awesome uh, characterization of John Vernon, uh, a you know a storied character actor, right? Definitely. Um, but there's another storied character actor that's also illustrated on there as well, who has some Star Trek fame. Evan, what what's his name? I have no clue. Well, you talked about him on the last podcast, dude. <laughs> Mark uh, Alimo, is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looks like uh, it looks like you might have pronounced it Almayo, and you got blown up on. Twitter. <laughs> you got blown up on Twitter, bro. I think you might be canceled, actually. So Eliza, that's how you say her name, right? Uh, it could be Elisa, but yeah, we can't make these assumptions. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to yeah. make these assumptions, and I'll tell you why in a second. But Eliza or Lisa. She said, Mark Almeo, L-M-F-A-O. It's a limo. She found our walkestration because I hashtagged the actors in the image, right? <laughs> and then she listened to the podcast, and she heard you mispronounce his name. This is what happened. Uh, well. And now you're canceled. So. Yeah. But she did say, entertaining podcast, loving the art, Mark Alimo has been a henchman to John Vernon's boss so often. 
and she lists three other TV shows that they co-starred in together. I think she's maybe a super fan of this guy. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Which is awesome. And she said, it's cute to see them in Walker Texas Ranger together. And she asked, have you done track down because he's in there again and evan you get a chance to pronounce his name correctly this time that's harsh i will do my best do your best you're gonna do it right dude that's my best Uh, well your best was not enough last time well clearly (laughs) i wasn't on my game even uh our walker starter adam got in on it calling you out and shaming you on twitter evan at lily lemony (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I can't pronounce your actual right. name. Right. At Lily Lemony, I apologize for my mistake. I take ownership for my mistake. I will not deny that I mispronounced somebody's name. And uh, next time, I'm going to knock it out of the park. When we get to the Trackdown episode, you're not going to mess this up. Absolutely. In fact, I believe Trackdown is going to be an episode that I rate very highly. Shout out to her for listening to the podcast and hanging out with us in that regard, too. Awesome. Um, so I followed her on Twitter and she is a fact checker slash researcher and has a website where she literally calls out people for misspelling stuff online. So this is in her wheelhouse for giving you the business, Evan. That's all I'm saying. Let let me, can I, can I please say that uh, my wife is an English teacher and, um, this woman is doing the Lord's work. So have at it, correct us as much as you want. I'm sure you'll find some things on our website that we could certainly change. And if you point those out, we will address them. Anyway, thank you for uh, roasting Evan. And uh, I'm perfect. I never make these kind of mistakes. And so is Bob. I just try not to talk. So, Did you guys see that there's a Saved by the Bell reboot? I had heard that, yeah. Okay. A few takeaways from this uh, Saved by the Bell reboot trailer, okay? Mario Lopez looks almost to be... The same age as the teenagers in the show. Yeah, he has aged magnificently. Oh, Mario Lopez, whatever you're doing. Keep it up, man. <laughs> um, but did you guys hear the music at the end? Yeah, I did. No, it, was, it sounded like Stand Together. It sounds exactly <laughs> like the song Stand Together from which episode of Walker was that? Let's just check our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, we could definitely check it out there. I'm too busy looking through my... uh, Your notepad? Do you have a roundhouse roulette notepad? I've filled up an entire notebook on Walker, Texas Ranger, and it's ridiculous. Oh, Soldiers of Hate. Soldiers of Hate, yeah. Yeah, Okay. For those interested, go to our website. It's episode 25 of Roundhouse Roulette, Soldiers of Hate. And Walker's kind of uh, karate all-stars... And in, during the montage, multiple times, they have this song called Stand Together. And it's like, stand together. And in the new Saved by the Bell reboot trailer, it says friends forever. It's same melody. Do you, you guys hear the similarities between Stand Together oh, and totally. Friends it's Forever, same. right? It's the same song, yeah. So I, I think <laughs> Ron Roulette is going to reach out to the songwriter of stand together and send them this trailer and say, hey, look, just throwing it out there. You think you got a lawsuit there? Is that what yeah. you're going to say? Yeah. That's, my, that's what I'm going to do this week. Sounds like a, <laughs> a good use of your time. Yeah. Now, if this podcast is a um, cultivated pot of gumbo, Adam stirs it. He does. He really it's does. It's all about stirring the pot. All right. We got a lot to cover this week, so let's get back into it. If you're watching along at home and don't want any spoilers... Hit that pause button and watch Season 3, Episode 7, The Road to Black Bayou, Part 1. And then come right back to us. Welcome back. Let's dig into this beast. This episode originally aired on November 19th, 1994. So it's like a Thanksgiving episode. Uh, And this opens up on uh, Ranger HQ. And I feel like I have to address the... um, uh, one of the main characters in the show, which is the music. <laughs> this yeah, it comes out pretty hot in this one. <laughs> yeah, it kind of opens on this really faux swanky music with uh, fake muted trumpets. Mm-hmm. That bassoon sound or bass <laughs> clarinet. I don't know exactly what it is. It's MIDI, whatever it is. but It, it was refreshing. Uh, yeah, it's it's music by uh, it's. We've looked this guy up before. It's music by uh, Gerald Immel, and um, you know 
hopefully a super fan of his will let me know if I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, <laughs> but um, he uh, wrote music for Dallas, among other things. Okay, well, that we'll really definitely add him to the hashtags of this episode yeah, for sure. And he's he's the one who's guilty for the uh, the opening credit music as well in this Ugh, season. God. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and there's so many like really dramatic or goofy uh midi drums in this episode Oof. it's good it's good you know yeah i mean it's i love the music in the episode i hate the intro music for this season though that's because you're a drummer i mean because honestly let's say the reason they invented midi drums was to replace drummers right and drummers are instantly offended when they hear fake drums but to the layperson like myself I think they're better because they're more precise and actually in time. They've got more feeling, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's do, way more yeah. natural. And the tones are perfect. You can't argue that in this episode. Um, so, yeah, we open with, uh, you know, your standard scene of the uh, Ranger HQ. And uh, we see inside and Trevette's in the, in the Texas Ranger's office. He's on the phone. And someone is clearly asking to talk to Walker. He's like, well, he's not here right now. Oh, he just walked in. Walker arrives Covered in dirt with uh, two dirt bags that he's bringing in. And uh, it's pretty clear that he's been out there tracking him down for the last week. And uh, Walker, this episode is, he's pretty cranky. We saw him whiny last episode. In this episode, he's uh, under a lot of stress. And we've established Texas Rangers don't really drink because they're always on the clock. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's why we drink on this podcast. It's we're just trying to make up for all the beers that Walker never drank. So yeah, they're they're waiting for this bus. Uh, Walker and Trevette and Trevette's. You know, he's trying to add some levity to the situation. He's like, "Oh, did I ever tell you that joke about the two camels that walk into a bar?" And Walker's all like, "Yeah, I heard it." And then he's like, "Well, what about the dude with like the monkey on his neck?" And Walker's like, "Heard that one too." And Trevette's like, yeah, "Okay, fine," but that one was funny. And Walker's like. No, it wasn't. And, you know, Walker's being really cranky. Yeah, he's actually, you know. he, he's throwing a lot of shade to Trevette. And so Trevette's just shade. trying to bring some levity to the scene. But, again, you know, Walker's being pretty hard-edged. And uh, he's he's got a hair across his ass, is what my grandmother would say. So they're, they're waiting to bust some criminal who, you know, is doing criminal things. We don't exactly know. Uh, outside of a fine establishment called Touch of Class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to get a bar name in here. Yeah. Mm. It, it's been a while since we've had a good bar name, and this one, it delivers. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they're like, oh, here he is. And this black uh, 90s Cadillac pulls up, and this sleazy dude jumps out and uh, goes into the, the establishment. And perhaps a sleazier dude walks out and uh, he's going to stand guard. And Walker's all like, here, Trevette, take my badge, which is basically like the Texas Ranger equivalent of hold my beer. And, uh, you know, Walker goes in and uh, he's about to try to enter this place. And the bouncer's all like, where do you think you're going? And Walker's all like, to hell if I don't change my ways. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so good. Undercover so, walker. Yeah. Man. And the guy kind of is like, what? He doesn't even have a chance to think about it. He just gives a fist to the face and he's out. <laughs> guy's out like a, like a bag of flour. So they basically jump right in and uh, bust these guys. And apparently this uh, criminal guy is, um, he's in there getting a, a counterfeit ID of some sort, like a passport or something. So they're able to bust this guy and they're about to uh, rein in the uh, counterfeiting guy who's taking all these photos and making these fake IDs. But the guy's like, no, man, I need to talk to your superiors because I got some sweet deets, something you're really going to want to hear. So they call in the head detective and we will recognize the head detective played by actor Brandon Smith because I think we've seen him in the podcast twice now. Was he also on Star Trek or no? No, but he's been on Walker, Texas Ranger a lot. He plays Detective Donnelly in this episode, uh, but we also saw him in, let's see, he's in Friday Night Lights a lot. We saw him in Jacob's Ladder uh, as a defense attorney. We saw him in Special Witness as the attorney for uh, the same client that uh, Gary Busey 
was uh, okay. was going yeah. for. And we also saw him in the Iceman. He plays the guy <laughs> who is uh, driving the Lambo. Oh man! Oh right, right, yeah. And there are more episodes he's in too, right? That we uh, haven't he seen. He is in one, two. He's only in two more. Okay, so. well, there is a god. We, we will get to see him again. <laughs> I don't know. I like him. He's good. Yeah, I mean, he's perfect yeah. for this show. So yeah, uh, he plays this head detective, and and this you know squirrely guy's all like, "I got some stuff you really want to know," and they're like, "What?" It's got to be pretty good. And the guy's like, well, I want like witness protection and all this stuff. They're going to come after me. And they're like, it's got to be pretty good if you if you think you you uh, you have enough for witness protection now. And the guy's like, I got the sweet deets on Carlos Quintero. <gasps> and and the music's all like, and we're all like, yeah, we've never heard this name before. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Walker and this detective, they both tense up. And the detective's like, okay, we might be interested. And the guy's like, I'll give you him on a silver platter, but it's got to be in the next day and you've got to guarantee my stuff. And the detective's like, well, we got to see what we can do. And Walker clearly has some sort of personal vendetta against Quintero. And uh, we'll get into that later. But he's like... No, you got your stuff. What he should have said is, I'm dating the assistant district attorney so I can get you whatever you want. But he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, that that's that's classy to not right. say that. Yeah, you don't kiss and tell. So we're like, oh man, Carlos Quintero, he must be the main bad guy of this episode. Like, okay, let's, let's get this down. So uh, next we go from this to a sick intel bre- debrief in some sort of office somewhere and we got this awesome map and Walker's got a laser pointer and he's using it (laughs) to point at Mm, it's kind of like a L shape and he's moving the laser pointer up the L shape to denote something that's already on the map Right. right. So, no laser so, point necessary. You know? Right. So, so Quintero is coming. He's taking a flight and it's got a connecting flight. So, he's basically, uh, you know, he's <laughs> flying from like central Mexico to like Brownsville, Texas. And then he's flying from Brownsville, Texas to like somewhere just east of Dallas. So, you know, it's critical that they know the route that he's taking. And Walker's using like a Gen 1 laser pointer. The thing runs on like three AA batteries. It might be D's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mag light. Well, we're going to be working with the local law enforcement there. There's a local sheriff there that we're going to be working with, and we're going to make this bust. So cut to them in a field somewhere in East Texas, and you know that they're ready to strike because everyone's got Jeeps, and half the Jeeps are covered in, like, you know, the camo, like, cloth type stuff. But I noticed that there's a bright red Jeep parked on the edge of the field that doesn't have any camo stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The most obvious one. <laughs> right you know, but open. like it's East Texas. So maybe that's like camo for a field anyways. Like they just kind of assume there's one. Yeah. If right. there wasn't one Jeep out in the open, they'd be, they'd be <laughs> super uh, suspicious. suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Walker and Trevetter standing around and they're with what we presume is the uh, small town um, sheriff. And uh, this is a old school actor. He's a sheriff, Hugo Lebrun. And he's played by George Wallace, who is an interesting uh, search for sure. And that he kind of had like a, a, a second wind to his acting career in the nineties. But uh, he's probably best known as playing a bunch of different roles in early 50s sci-fi movies, including a starring role as Commando Cody in Radar Men from the Moon. So (laughs) give George Wallace a look. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting career. I would say that um, many highlights and uh, the highest highlight, of course, is an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, most definitely. And his interaction with Trevette here is pretty amazing, is it not? It sure is. Uh, he he basically says that he's a hashtag old friend of CDs, and they used to go fishing all the time. And he keeps talking about uh, going fishing in Black Bayou. 
And uh, then he uh, basically calls Trevette by the name Clarence. <laughs> yeah. And you you think to yourself, oh, does he not know he's acting right now? Because, <laughs> yeah, Clarence Gilliard plays Trevette, but he calls him by his name Clarence. It, it clearly was some form of flub or something. So the, uh, the chopper comes in and... Uh, the bust commences, but first they make it a point to say, oh, let's remove the cloth from these Jeeps. And it takes them like five minutes to remove, <laughs> remove Yeah, they're supposed cloth. to be hiding. Why wouldn't you just drive with the cloth on them still? Why would you remove the cloth? I just don't know why it takes that long to remove the cloth. It's very weird. But, but at the same time, you're like, oh, wow, these like covert vehicles that Walker and company have been hiding from this you know, incoming drug dealer that they got intel on. They're about to go into battle with some guns blazing, are they not? They are. <laughs> Regardless, they think it's very important to remove the cloth from these Jeeps. So they're spending time doing that. Uh, meanwhile, um, Quintero is coming down in this military helicopter and things just like loaded with cocaine. And so he lands <laughs> with that thing and uh, these like two like, it basically looks like they took two vehicles that were parked out behind like an old grocery store. Those two things roll up. They're full of henchmen, and the henchmen are all in standard henchman dress, which is dad jeans with oversized flannel shirts. And they've all got uh, <laughs> baseball caps and machine guns. So yeah. they're good. Standard issue. And uh, <laughs> they just start throwing these uh, bags of um, cocaine into their vehicles. And that's when the sting commences, and uh, it's guns blazing for quite some time. I got to say, this whole sequence... From the start to this point, I'm like, oh, they're keeping things rolling pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, you had the bar fight too, the bar fight, and then this. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. The, I'm like, I'm very satisfied. And uh, you know, as if you weren't satisfied before, we are starting to see a trend in uh, Walker's interaction with helicopters, <laughs> and that this is our third time with a hashtag helicopter hang <laughs> and a vehicular transference. Oh, yeah, it is. He's definitely going directly from the Jeep Wrangler. (laughs) (laughs) Jumps up to the helicopter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, Adam, what's the name of that part of the helicopter again? Oh, the skids. Yes, yeah. Yeah. We've we've seen so many hashtag helicopter hangs (laughs) that we now know the name of the part of the helicopter that lands on. In, in fact, shout out to our friend Austin Lordson, who on Twitter... After hearing our podcast debating the name of skids, which I know he knows what skids are. I mean, he said some tight rips sometimes, I know. I'm sure he flies helicopters in his free time. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, most definitely. But I know that he's had a Baja (laughs) burrito before. I know he's experienced skids. He says, I'm no expert, but here's helicopter skids right here. You know, and he, he gave us a little document on it on Twitter. Okay, okay, skids. Oh, they got a skid shoe there too, and then there's a saddle. And I mean, he he says he's no expert, but I would wager that Austin Lordson is a skid master. <laughs> so yeah, Walker jumps on. He does vehicular transference onto a hashtag helicopter hang, and this helicopter only has the pilot and Quintero after he's offloaded all his drugs. And Walker's trying to climb into the helicopter, and Quintero's just like punching his hands. Uh, trying to keep Walker <laughs> yeah. out of the helicopter, but he's persistent. He's Walker. Yeah. So he eventually finds his way into the helicopter, uh, and to get some free time to climb into the helicopter, he basically just high kicks Quintero in the face, and they wrestle for quite some time on the inside of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah inside the helicopter. Meanwhile, I think we had a super shot, didn't we? we can't yeah. Miss that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the ground, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know. Bullets are flying. People are just like getting tackled and punched over and stuff. And Trevette does his own super shot. One of the vans is getting away full of drugs and henchmen. And Trevette takes this rifle and he just like aims. And I'm like, wait, Trevette can do the super shot? This is season three, you know, like he's already learned how to do the super shot. He lines up the shot, (laughs) takes one shot and the van hits a tree and flips over and explodes uh, leaving us all to believe that the drugs, obviously, and every human inside uh, has instantly vaporized and is dead. It doesn't. It jumps off the tree, gets hit by the bullet, bursts in the flames, and flips over, right? 
Yep. All in slow motion. Right. And, uh, you know, cut back to Javette, and you expect him to be like, I just murdered, like, four people. Instead, Javette's like, under his breath, gotcha. who are you saying gotcha you just killed them all (laughs) it doesn't matter because it was so awesome it was and they were were bad guys they had it coming yeah i mean (laughs) dude come on now so let's take us back to that helicopter so he's wrestling with the bag of what happens evan once walker actually gets into the helicopter they're fighting over control of a handgun at which point i'm realizing when walker was just hanging off the helicopter why didn't he shoot him then because he had the gun then but anyways these are details uh so they wrestle over the gun and there's a pretty spirited fight between uh walker and some sort of uh, a stunt guy and finally walker starts getting the upper hand and then they both uh tumble out of the helicopter Walker's staring up at this helicopter he just fell out of and he's clearly hit his head and he's looking up at the helicopter and he's lying on his back and he starts having flashbacks to his time in Nam. and uh, you know it's brief but uh, it's no less real and uh, he's pretty shook up by it. What happens but what's his flashback? I think he just sees a helicopter. It's very brief. This is setting the stage for later more gratuitous <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, yeah, he has a brief flashback, and we're like, what was that? And that's when Trevette rushes over and starts screaming at people to call in a medic. At this point, we realize, like, well, Walker is pretty dazed by this fall. The other guy, we're just going to assume, is dead. Yeah, they don't even reference him again. (laughs) He's gone. Or he's either gone or in jail. So they wrap that whole thing up, right? Yeah, for sure. So then they go to uh, see the doctor and the sheriff's there too because the sheriff had someone pistol whip his arm, which I guess is a thing. During that scene before, I thought that I thought that old guy was toast. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's an old friend. Yeah, yeah, he's an old friend. He's done. But he made it out of there with just a, a pistol whip to the arm, I guess. For sure. And uh, Walker's on the inside and apparently the tiny town doctor has all the uh, materials he needs to get an x-ray of Walker's head <laughs> and print it out in time and all this. It seems a bit crazy for kind one person operation. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he basically tells Walker that he was mildly concussed and that he should take it easy. And Walker's all like, whatever. I'm not going to listen to you. Whatever. Right. And the guy's like, well, here, I'm just going to take your uh, x-rays here and I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'm going to put them in this envelope and, you know, just show them to your doctor and, you know, go from there. And Walker's like, yeah, sure, doc. And he leaves. So they fly back to Texas or they drive back to Texas, I guess. And uh, they're back at CDs, and clearly uh, Trevette has asked CD about uh, his old friend. And he's like, oh, man, let me tell you all these fishing stories. And he starts telling stories about fishing and then calling out Trevette for not knowing how to fish, even though Trevette says that he grew up on the Chesapeake Bay and knows how to fish. <laughs> and uh, CD's all like, well, that's salt water. You want fresh water, none of that salt water stuff. And meanwhile... Walker's just like staring into space, not paying any attention to anything. So he's clearly like going through some stuff. He's concussed. Yeah. Alex is there too. And she gets a phone call and she's like, hey, Walker, that was your commanding officer. And he got a call from the person under him who got a call from the person under him. who got a call from your doctor in the bayou who called to check up on you. And uh, look, you got to prove that you're okay to the doctors here before you can work again. And Walker's like, what? I don't want to deal with more doctors, but he has to. And he goes and sees another doctor who's like super hardline. And let me tell you, this is like, I guess this was the 90s, so ER was a thing, but we're spending a lot of time in doctor's offices here. And this guy basically browbeats Walker into taking some vacation time. Which is understandable. I mean, as a watcher of the show, for my hero, he needs to be browbeaten into taking vacation. If he's going to be that pure. I mean, we want what's best for him. Exactly. So, you know, Walker's like, okay, I guess I got to take some vacation for me to be able to get back to work. So uh, he and CD start cooking up some plans to go visit uh, Cato Lake, which I looked up is real. And it is on the border between Texas and Western Louisiana. Accurate. Accuracy here. It's great. 
So, uh, you know, they're packing up their tackle boxes and whatever, and they're talking with Alex, and she's like, you know, you should bring me. At least I know how to fish. And they're all like, yeah, you're right. Jimmy Trevette, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just going to come with all this fancy gear, and, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, and we know how to catch fish. And then Trevette walks in, and they're all, there's like palpable tension it's really weird. <laughs> and Jimmy's going to have a computer chip in his fishing rod. Right. <laughs> now, keep in mind, uh, at this point in time, Walker is holding like a kid's fishing rod with like a push button reel. And he's just shaking <laughs> it, looking down at like he's doing something technical. And Trevette walks in with a bait casting reel, which is damn hard to use. And it's like, okay. He's actually got legit fishing gear instead of some crappy thing from a gas station. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, they're embarking on their journey. This is Walker, Trevette, and CD. And uh, they're taking off. They got their sweet boat. And they decide to uh, do a little pit stop to pick up their fishing licenses at the uh, local uh, Zydeco joint. (laughs) And uh, if, um, if you didn't think that the music was jarring to begin with, just imagine like synthetic Zydeco music, and uh, yeah, you feel like you're in a carnival from hell. <laughs> no, Zydeco music is like New Orleans music based on the accordion, right? Yeah, essentially. And like accordion is an acquired taste. A digital accordion is a taste that has been acquired by no one. Yeah, it's harsh. It's real harsh. Uh, so they're picking up their fishing licenses from some of the locals and CD's like, oh, Trevette, hold up these worms that they have for sale and I want to get a picture with my really terrible camera. And so CD tries to take a picture and he inadvertently gets a photo of these two goons who are down on the on the street below. And they're like, what is this? And they clearly don't like having their picture taken. Now, these guys are played by, uh, one of them is played by this just absolutely enormous actor. Let's see. His name is uh, Randall Reeder, and he basically plays enormous giant thug in a lot of movies, including Deadpool. But uh, he's one of them, and the other guy is Kyle Clayton, and he's actually played by Chuck Norris's son, Mike Norris. So, anyways, uh, those two guys don't really take kindly to getting photographed and CD's like trying to apologize and the lady selling them their uh, their licenses, she's like, these guys are Texas Rangers. You don't mess with them. And they're like, oh, uh, okay, fine. And so they, they kind of back down. Right. But Kyle, he decides to uh, call in and let his uh, pa know that the law enforcement is in town. And he's all like, well, I guess you better take them out. Meanwhile, they're just enjoying a uh, little hot sauce, little gumbo, lots of fake Zydeco. Got a lot of really awkward white dancing behind them. And yeah, they're doing fine until a uh, CD gets up and starts to get real plucky and takes the waitress out onto the dance floor and starts uh, working his moves, which is basically flapping his elbows like wings. And um, <laughs> We've seen and this before. Of, yeah, and a lot of like sky pointing. <laughs> He likes looking up at the sky. That's pretty much the equivalent of my dance moves are what CD has going on right there. So you, you wish, wish you man. had those moves. You wish. That's a, that's a pretty that's bold true. statement. That's true. Well, the only thing he has going for him is he is an old man doing these moves. Now, at this point, I noticed that uh, as Walker and Trevette are watching him, that Trevette, he takes a pull from a bottle that could only be interpreted as a beer bottle. And I looked at the table. All three of them had beer bottles in front of them. Now, we still don't see Walker taking a drink from any of it. Right. But. He's on vacation. He's in another state. His idea of vacation is having an open beer bottle in front of him. Yep. That's about right. He doesn't drink it, but it's open. He could smell it. Yep. Yep. Well, good for them that they really let loose, (laughs) you know. I mean, he at least poured that beer bottle out for all his dead old friends. Spurs. I don't know. Spurs. I don't know if he even had a chance. He didn't have a chance because, uh, come to find out, CD had decided to go dancing with uh, one of these bad guys' girlfriend. And obviously it doesn't go over well. And uh fight breaks out. And CD and Trevette are taking out a bunch of goons and Walker's left with the big guy. Walker delivers a series of roundhouse kicks. It's like a clinic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, he kicks him so many times that you... <laughs> 
you're like, okay, this has to be the last kick. And then there are five more kicks like that to this giant beast of a man. I mean, CD's showing his stuff, too. He's throwing down. And while all this stuff is going on, the pappy pulls up to this bait shop slash restaurant, and the pappy is portrayed by... He's played by the big Lebowski. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) David Huddleston. It's a, I mean, after that movie, that's all he's ever going to be remembered as, is the big Lebowski, right? I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff over the years, but we've got the big Lebowski in this episode. And uh, yeah, he shows up and kind of just settles the score. I was like, all right, well, you guys have fun fishing. And uh, this is all just a misunderstanding. Well, yeah, but then he's all like, what are you guys fishing for? And they're like, bass. And he's like, well, you guys can't possibly be going out and thinking of fishing in the black bayou. A lot of dangerous things out there. Don't want anything bad to happen to you. It's like, Mm. that was a thinly veiled threat. Right. And Parker's like, eh, I think we'll do what we came to do. Absolutely. Then the big Lebowski's like, well, bless your heart. And smiles as they all walk past him. And he tells his son to keep an eye on him. He's like, make sure they're only doing fishing. Because clearly there's something seedy going on and they don't want the Texas Rangers to mess that up. Should say during this entire fight, there's a weird kid with a bowl cut kind of smiling and laughing at all of this. Yeah, he got a lot of screen time. (laughs) Yeah, he's edited in in these really weird points. And you're like, okay, so the kid's like, oh, I'm glad the Rangers are really beating up on our locals. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically like the kid in in Top Dog. Totally pointless. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, they get threatened, but, you know, they're Texas Rangers. So that happens all the time. They're like, well, let's just keep doing what we're going to do. What could possibly go wrong? Right. And, you know, they kind of enjoy their fishing trip. They do a little puttering along in their boat, cruising around through the bayou, doing all kinds of philosophy. They're all like, you hear that? What do you hear, Jimmy? And Trevette's all like, nothing. And they're like, exactly. This is what we're craving. And they go fishing, and then they go out sleeping under the stars. And the set for that scene, amazing. Yeah, It's like... (laughs) You know, they've got like the ground and a tent where Jimmy's sleeping and Walker and CD are sleeping out under the stars. Right. Right by the water where alligators could come up and just. But it's okay. (laughs) Their boat's there. And Walker, he has some vivid PTSD dreams again, sort of setting the scene for a little bit later. But, uh, you know, he keeps having these flashbacks. So, you know, the next morning. Trevette and CD, they get in the boat and they kind of cruise out to a spot out in the lake. And Walker's like, I'm going to stick to the shore. And, you know, he's walking around. And Walker's outfit, amazing this day. So good. Yeah, if you've ever been to Louisiana or anywhere in the south in the summer, what he's wearing is insane, does it not? Yeah. (laughs) Does he have a sweatshirt? And then over that sweatshirt, he has like a flannel shirt. Yeah, but the flannel shirt has its sleeves rolled up, so it exposes the sweatshirt underneath. It's got to be hot as hell. And he's got long pants, too. Yeah, he's got, like, black dress pants. Well, I mean, you also have to keep the bugs away, so maybe that's what it's about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So he's out, and he's sort of casting the line in, but then he realizes that he can't turn off his inner Texas Ranger, and he notices that there's a whole pile of cigarette butts in this spot that's kind of overlooking where they were sleeping at night. And so clearly someone's been, like, watching them. So he's definitely on edge there. He's like, okay, I guess I'll relocate. So he goes to sort of this channel, and he's fishing and fishing and uh, not getting any bites. And then he sees this thing out of the corner of his eye sort of fly through the sky and uh, end up in the water. It's a stick of dynamite. (laughs) Under normal circumstances, Walker would uh, jump and he'd be fine. But he's in vacation mode. What happened? He just kind of freezes, doesn't he? Yeah, so CD and Trevette, they hear the explosion, they cruise over in their boat, and they like swim across this channel to be by Walker's side. And as he comes to, he sees Trevette, but he's in Vietnam with like soldier gear on and a helmet and everything. And then uh, CD's able to slap some sense back into him. And Walker's all like, man, I guess I'm okay. They're like, what the hell happened? He's like, it was a stick of dynamite. Someone threw a stick of dynamite into the water. 
he's like, well, whoever threw it's over there behind that tree. <laughs> and we see the characteristic blonde bowl cut and we realize that it was the kid that maybe threw it or maybe he saw something. We don't know. But the kid takes off and they're like, let's go get him. And so Walker and Trevette chase after him. And this is when Walker, as he's chasing the kid through the brush, has uh, the longest flashback. Oh, man. Yeah. And he's in the woods back at Vietnam. There are a bunch of people about to mow him down. And he sees an innocent child running through the woods. And he's like, I need to protect this child. And he jumps on the child and shields the child with his body. Then we go back to modern times and he chases the kid again. We just flash back and then Walker's like, oh, wait, I lost the kid. Let me try to catch up with him again. And he keeps following the kid and eventually comes to a clearing where the house where apparently this kid lives. And out of that house comes the waitress. Who CD was dancing with earlier. Yeah, and she's got a gun. And she doesn't take kindly to people trespassing on her property. So she pretty much pulls a shotgun on Walker and Trevette because they were chasing the kid back there because they thought the kid threw dynamite at Walker. And the kid's like, oh, no, I wasn't I wasn't trying to do any harm to you guys, but that's how we fish around here. Fishing with dynamite is a real thing. I mean, we've all seen Crocodile Dundee. The mother is like, look, you were chasing my kid through the woods. You guys are creepy. Get away yeah. from us. Yeah, that's fair. Like, and you showed up at the restaurant. Your old man friend was really creepy yeah. and tried to dance with me. And <laughs> <laughs> then you roundhouse kicked my boyfriend into the bayou, <laughs> threw his fat brother into the water, too. So I'm, I'm not really high on you guys right now. Then, too, you guys chased my kid through the woods. So Right, right. And he was just trying to fish for his dinner. Yeah. Needless to say, totally justified. She's like, get out of here. So... Trevette and Walker go back into the woods, and they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll get back to what we're doing, right? <laughs> well, that was yeah. an overreaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they're they're about to return to their camp, and uh, then we realize, oof, something is afoot. And we see Kyle, the skeezy guy from the restaurant earlier, and he's got a gun, and he's pointed it straight at Walker and Trevette. And it looks like he's about to pull the trigger. And? To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) On the DVD itself, this episode is one whole show. But being that we did the whole Chairman Saga as individual episodes, we thought that if there's a two-parter, it's our obligation to a Walker, Texas Ranger fan to rate the segments as episodes on their own merit. Well, that about sums up this episode. We'd love to give a shout out to our friend and collaborator, Adam Lauritsen, who has been drawing the amazing walkerstrations on our social media. He's also apparently been uh, calling me out on it too, but I don't pay attention to these things. So anyways, be sure to check out Adam's other art on Instagram at adimaginationrunamuck. When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate the road to Black Bayou part one on a scale of zero to 10 boots to the face resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking, the complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. Well, I'll be, lovely lady. Thank you for the long necks, but what say you and I take it to the dance floor? Whew, hooey. Back in my day, I used to shimmy with the best of them. I appreciate such a fine podcast listener such as yourself, humoring an old man, just looking for a few jollies on a fishing trip with his pals. Hoo-ah! Well, while I've got your undivided attention, we here at Roundhouse Roulette have pledged to deliver the Lighter Walker Texas Ranger to the world. If you'd like to lend us a hand in that mission, please share the podcast with a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Likewise, if you're looking for the finest mercantile on this side of the Mississippi, We've recently added some fresh merch at roundhouseroulette.com or hit up our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, thank you for listening and making this crazy journey worthwhile. Hey, what you doing dancing with my podcast listener, old man? Oh, we's just dancing. But if it's whoop-ass you want, you came to the right place. I'll let you get back to the show, lovely listener. But come here, boy. This old man gonna teach you a lesson. 
Ow, my ear. Funny how I didn't see a knuckle sandwich on the menu. Guess it's the chef's choice. Oh, oh you poor boy. Now go home to mama and leave us alone. Welcome back. What did you guys think of this episode? This one certainly came out guns blazing. And uh, it's hard to say because of the two-part nature of this, because it really did slow down towards the end. So it's hard. It's kind of hard for me to rate this just on one episode, but I was going pretty high in this. I was going seven. I mean, we got the CD dancing, super shot, vehicular transference, two helicopters, um, one-liners. I mean, I was feeling great about it. I really hope that the second half holds up because I'd like to keep that rating up. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Seven. Yeah, I guess I wasn't so high on this one. I thought there was too much time in a doctor's office. And uh, Walker kind of wasn't his normal self. <laughs> I guess the one thing I like less than Walker expressing no emotion is him just being whiny. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, it definitely had some high points, like the ridiculous number of roundhouse kicks to that dude and Trevette's super shot, which was like totally over the top. You know, I, I just, yeah, I just thought it was a bit slow and disjointed. You know, a lot of the episodes kind of are sort of driven and keep going and going and going. This one had so many different parts. It was the drug bust. There was the sting at the beginning. There was all that other stuff. There's kind of too many moving parts for um, someone who's not paying close attention to, uh, to follow. So on this one, I'm probably going to like a five on this one. Yeah, I mean, Walker wasn't his normal self, and you could pin that on, oh, dude had a concussion, but from the get-go of this episode, Walker's whole demeanor was different than any other Walker episode we've seen, which was kind of weird. Like, he treated his friends kind of like crap. That said, they dusted off some Jeeps with camouflage. They ripped the camouflage off and drove straight at a helicopter with Chuck Norris behind a gun on the back of a Jeep. Then he does a vehicular transference, gets into the helicopter, wrestles with a bad guy, trading blows, and they both fall out of a helicopter. I'm going to give this one a six. Honestly, I want to see what happens next in this one. All right, so that gives this episode a roundhouse rating of six boots to the face. Ah! I don't know about you guys, but... uh... I think we can all agree that uh, vacation time for a Texas Ranger doesn't exist. Well, uh, we hope you all at home uh, let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. This time we don't have to spin that roundhouse roulette wheel because we know we're dealing with part two of the Road to Black Bayou next week. We hope you'll join us. Uh, in the meantime, uh, share your opinions with us on Facebook and on Instagram at, at Roundhouse Roulette and on Twitter at, at Roundhouse Pod. Not that I know what Twitter is. And uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this thing. Thanks for listening. And until next week, may the, the eyes, eyes of the, of the ranger, ranger be upon, upon you. you. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Oh, because that's where the ranger's going to be.